Hello, I am Nicole Lamb. I'm a former comic shop manager and future tech human of America. Nice. Uh, hello, I am Chris Cusseau. I am a writer at trustyhenchman.com, and uh, I am the force that quakes the universe itself. <laughs> and welcome to our podcast, We Should Write This Down. A couple of friends talking about some stuff, making some fan fiction, usually involving gays, dicks, and robots. Tis paradise. (laughs) Tis paradise. I mean, I probably will talk about a dick at some point, but I actually have some more female-centric stuff to talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, do you want to start with that, or do you want to chat about dogs and Dune? Oh, I actually, you know what? Dogs and Dune could go into the thing I want to talk about. So let's let's talk about Dogs and Dune. Okay, okay. So I uh, just rewatched uh, Dune last night. It's been a little while for me. The uh, one of the immediate things I noticed was that there's a pug. Well, no, early on in the scene with the Emperor of the Universe, there's a guy running around with a whole bunch of bulldogs, and I'm like, oh, that's that's nice to know that a million years and whatever alternate future this is, where you still got a bunch of ugly bulldogs. I love those guys. There's no relevance to them. They're just there. And then the uh, uh, Lord Leto, Atreides, whatever. The good, the, the, the good guys, they have a pug with them for like a little chunk of time and they're just carrying this pug around. And then when their base is attacked, there's like a scene where the pug is wandering the corridors as everything's collapsing and it's like, Oh no. And then, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart has, is like rallying this troops and they have like no armor and they're totally gonna die. And he's carrying the pug with him and he's like, for Leo, for Atreides. And he runs into battle with a pug. And uh, that brings a lot of things into question. I'm sure that he wanted to protect that pug because it was the royal pug. But also, if you're leading a, a suicide death run against heavily, heavily armored shock troopers that have the element of surprise, you might want both hands and not have a little <laughs> pug. Unless that pug's got a secret up his pug sleeve. And... Uh, but it just kind of made me wonder, like, whatever happened to the pug? Because he doesn't show up again. Yeah, I don't remember any dogs. I did a recent reviewing of David Lynch's Dune, um, but it's been a few couple months or something. A, f- a few couple, yeah. It's been a few couple months, and I need to turn my phone on silent because it is not. I love how in the future there are def- the most effective breeds of dogs still... Yes happening although i don't know that dunes in the future right because it's in its own world but that the fact that they've chosen to take in the most medically complicated breeds bulldogs <laughs> you only get a bulldog if you are rich because that dog will constantly be at the vet pugs yeah. they made them have no nose <laughs> that's a huge issue so yeah. but i mean not the best breeding habits in general in the Dune series. No. Que- questionable breeding for humans and other animals alike. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, wondering if like, so Patrick Stewart maybe got the dog out of the final fight scene there. Because Patrick Stewart shows back up like two years later. He's like a mercenary running around or something. And but he's got no dog with him. And it's just like, man, either that dog gave up his life in that battle or that dog 
was the first to go when they were hungry in the, in the <laughs> middle of the desert. Maybe that's why he was like, get the dog. We might need to eat it later. <laughs> we, we might need it. We all forgot our still suits. We were going to need something. Yeah. Yeah. So I was watching it, too, and I was just, I don't know, because there's some of those long kind of drawn out scenes. That's his pacing's, jam, Yeah, pacing's kind of odd in some places. And so my brain started to wander, and I was just like thinking of alternate titles. And I was thinking of... um dune spice world and what if all the what if all the worms were replaced by the spice girls and i couldn't remember all the spice girls because let's see there's posh spice baby spice scary spice sporty spice and now worm spice because i can't think of that fifth one wait who is ginger isn't her oh is ginger oh is ginger one of them ginger spice Ginger Spice. Okay, Ginger Spice. I couldn't remember Ginger Spice. My brain just did a thing. (laughs) Yeah. It just combined Gilligan's Island with Spice Girls. (laughs) And I thought that Ginger was her real name, but her name is Ginger Spice. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Okay. That was a thing. So which which one of the Spice Girls would be the professor? (laughs) Professor Spice. (laughs) Professor Spice. (laughs) I like Baby uh, Spice being Professor for some no reason at all. That works. Yeah, that works. So wait, which one's Gilligan? Gilligan is... Um, is that Ginger? Sporty Spice? Sporty? Oh. No, don't do that to Sporty. I don't know. Sporty's my least favorite. Hmm, okay, okay. Maybe because I hate sports, but... Ah, yeah, okay, yeah. Personal bias. Personal bias. Scary, personal scary bias. Spice? I like Scary Spice. Hmm... Maybe it's ginger and scary. Oh, I'm mixing Wait. up my spices. <laughs> I am mixing up my spices here. This dish. We gotta <laughs> throw this dish out. Uh what is happening? I I don't know. I don't know what, that I'm all if, here today, but I don't know when I am ever all here today. Oh, that's okay. We're just spiraling <laughs> in our usual madness. <laughs> what if uh David Lynch directed Spice World? Oh, I would watch that. <laughs> Yeah. I would definitely watch that. David Lynch does some things that get a little, um, like, zany sometimes yes. in his movies, which make, like, no sense. Like, I, I watch for the first time Blue Velvet, and mm. um, what's his name? Kyle MacLachlan? Dennis Hopper. Oh, wait. Sorry. Plays a character named Frank, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the character Bob in Twin Peaks. Um, very unhinged, murderous human. But he gets so heightened to a level that I started laughing hysterically. And mm. I think some people have mentioned that it's like a comedy or something. There's like comedic elements. And William's like, I've never thought of this, of having comedic elements. But I was not the only one. We went to the internet. We looked at reviews and stuff like that. And people are like, yeah, it just gets a little zany. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, good. It's just like in Mulholland Drive where you just get like zombie grandparents out of nowhere. What am I talking? Why am I talking about this? <laughs> it's an organic flow, like the spice. Like the spice, it much yeah. it must. Like the melange, <laughs> melang, melang. <laughs> uh, see now, since we're ta- so the emperor had the bulldogs in his court, and the house of Atreides had the pug. But the Harkonnens didn't have any dogs, and I just wonder if they would have had corgis, since we're going with breeds that, you know, 
are generally useless. Um, <laughs> other than we love them, we we love them. But you know, because this is supposed to be like the royal breeds, like you said, only the rich people can take care of these animals that are going to have a lot of a lot of arthritis problems. So I'm I'm just wondering, maybe would they have corgis. What about a basset hound? <laughs> I guess that I don't remember what these families look like. So. Well, the the Harkonnens are the ones that had the fat floating guy. So now we have to figure out what looks better as a fat floating animal, a corgi or a basset hound. The reason why I like basset hound is because it look they were like they have way too much skin. They have short yes. legs. Yes. And so, like, if they were floating, it'd just be like flabs, kind of just everywhere, and it would it would be a mess. I, and I, I like think that. that would be the more appropriate choice then. Yeah. Um, I kind of love the visual of the floating corgi, but I think <laughs> but we'll looks, reserve that for something else. They're so chonky. I feel like they would just look like like they're levitating, as opposed to having any sort of like body changes with floating. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Basset Hound's the right call on that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, Basset Hounds. <laughs> <laughs> I for shame yeah. all of your skin flaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry for giving you the house Harkonnen. Yeah, mm-hmm. That ain't going to be good. No, I don't think so. Side note, rewatching that too, uh, Sting like had nothing to do. Because, I mean, like, they're, they're kind of supposed to be building up this whole thing where he's got a hard on to kill the Atreides, his, 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 mm-hmm. and he's barely there to do it. He just, like, looks pretty in a couple scenes, and then he's at the end, and he does the whole, I will kill him, kind of <laughs> thing. And that's, like, it. And it's just like, ah. Oh. Well, you I mean, you do know that Dune was Duned? <laughs> doomed <laughs> it was doomed it had a lot of problems which is why david lynch oh, has yeah. never ever wavered on being able to have final cut of a movie right uh since dune yeah so if there if there well i mean it's david lynch so in a lot of ways things would probably not be wrapped up in some sort of neat bow anyway but maybe they'd be flushed out a bit more right you know right, he right, likes right. to give space to things so yes maybe sting would have had Long piercing oh, stairs. A whole or bunch of things. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Sting would have just been like walking backwards and talking backwards the entire time. And he would go from one side of the room to the other, and it would just be a straight <laughs> shot of just, mm-hmm. you know, like a still shot of this, of walking. And you just sit yeah. there for 30 minutes, 30 seconds, 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it would feel like 30 minutes, but it'd be 30 seconds of him walking from one side of the room to the other. God, I pray that there's like some sort of candid photograph of uh, uh, Kyle McLaughlin, like exhausted, sitting in the corner of the production of, uh, you know, wearing his uh, his still suit. And he's just got a cup of coffee <laughs> and a pie in front of him. Yes. Yes, yes. indeed. Yes. So, I, th- I mean, well, that was pretty good. I mean, we, we somehow got into Spice Girls into that. I was pretty happy. Uh, <laughs> if you want to be my lover, you better give me that spice. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to kill House Atreides tonight. Uh, <clears throat> okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, I like that. That was good. That's a good time. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, you said <laughs> that you had... Uh, <laughs> I think I'm losing my mind. Um, yeah, okay. I recently watched Blood Machines by yes, Seth Ackerman. 
And you had told me about this a long time ago when it was being crowdfunded. Yes. It was like he made a music video and then decided to like flush out the concept into a movie, like a 50, 60 minute movie. Mm -hmm. And Shudder... Uh, bought it from Seth Ackerman in some capacity. I don't know the details of that. And released it as a three-chapter series, which was a very strange decision because it's a movie. It's just a short movie. Right. And it you don't need to make it episodic, but maybe they were releasing it, time releasing it, and that was a way to just try to draw people in. That's yeah. some of the, the thoughts on that when I've looked at reviews. The uh, music video was Carpenter Brute's yes. Turbo Killer. Yes, Turbo Killer by Carpenter Brute. And Carpenter Brute does the music for all of Blood Machine. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly it's mostly a concept piece. Yeah. Uh, you know, the plot's very thin. It's mostly visual. Um, yeah. And as I was watching it, I was having I was having an issue and this the smut slut in me was like, why are you having an issue? Because the mm-hmm. thing was is there there were naked there's naked ladies in it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um without giving away i guess plottage or something like i don't know does it matter i mean it's <laughs> plottage. really plottage i don't know do you care does it care does it matter is it a spoiler uh, now we kind of now people know there's a spoiler and i do not care so go forward i don't know if it's really a spoiler because this so the way that you should watch blood machine is the way that you would watch like beyond the black rainbow it's it's a visually stunning auditorial interesting piece the plot and the characterization is thin at best uh the concept's cool and it's uh shown very well through the visuals so i mean that's that's how you should watch blood machine so what you're saying is i should probably set up a clockwork orange setup where there's a machine holding (laughs) my eyes open i mean it's only for an hour so it'll be fine yeah yeah, that won't really mess with your i I thought i thought the uh blah 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 rainbow whatever it's called movie was was beautiful but i did fall asleep like three times during it that's the thing is it you have to be prepared for it you have to look at beyond the black rainbow as it's not a movie right it's like a visual auditorial experience and i have rewatched that movie recently and if you've watched mandy and go back and watch beyond the black rainbow uh, you see a lot of similar elements and concepts that he was working with yeah, and yeah. have flushed out and executed better, I think, in Mandy. But I think Beyond the Black Rainbow, if you're prepared for it, is good. And Blood Machines, I think you just need to... Like, for me, I'm so character-driven, you know? Right. I, and and especially if there's female uh, people in there, like, I'm, I either, like, love it or hate it. Is it executed well or not? Like, I'm very critical of it. um, Because what I would like to see is, like, some strong females. And so does my husband, you know? He, he, I've mentioned before, he likes a bad bitch. But he is very, like, female-centered as well. But I don't think he's as critical of it. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's more artsy or something or has more visual appeal, then he's a lot more forgiving of it. A lot Um, more leeway, yeah. Yeah. So the problem that I had was that there's, like, two main, two main male characters and a female character and you get characterization from the two male characters, but you really just like, besides like a handful of women who are actually clothed, most of the women that show up in this have no character and are completely naked and at one point are like writhing around all over the place. Uh, and so it makes it feel like it's exploitative right. and it was bothering me. But I was like, and it's but mostly he- male gaze. But here's the thing is it's it's not really that. 
Hold on a second. Let me gather my thoughts. I, I was right. like in the shower today just being like, but why did I? What's the problem? Like I was really, really, really getting upset about it, but like really trying to figure out why, because I don't think that you could just say, well, I don't like it and it's stupid. And then just like walk away and move on with your day, because I just hmm. think that's giving a disservice to what somebody worked really hard on, which I think he executed a lot of things well, but this fell flat for me. So the thing is, is they're trying to make this concept of like w- women and men, you know, they're the the struggle between the two. Like if you if you've read Jodorowsky stuff, you know, like men are very masculine and women are very, you know, da, 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 da. he has his archetypes that he likes to do. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, there is definitely that like there's an asshole character in there. And in the Garth Ennis way, like he gets retribution. So, OK, fine. But at the same time. You get to know these two male characters decently well for something that has really, like, not much plot and not much characterization. But, like, I felt really clear about who these people were. Yeah. But the other women that were, like, naked with cool little, like, upside down crosses on them, there's supposed to be AI with a soul, right? They're, they've they've ascended to this point where they have consciousness and mm-hmm. they might even have godliness or some sort of other otherworldly thing that they've evolved mm-hmm. into. But they're really just naked girls writhing around. So that's like the thing that was bothering me because it's like they're so clearly trying to talk about AI and the story that we've heard many times of like what happens when they gain consciousness and have a soul. But then they made them these like component pieces. Ah, yeah. Mm. But maybe they did that because they they do end up being kind of component pieces. So Hmm. I grappled with it a lot and I think I've mostly made my peace with it i think that there there's definitely like some bechtel test passing you know you know in a way you know where it's like two women are not just talking about a man you know So you're saying it does pass or does not pass i think it does pass oh okay i i would have assumed there's not two women talking to each other but from the way you described it there are women in the beginning who are kind of like witches in this kind of world they okay. seem to have yeah. mystical abilities and they're trying to save a ship who has a soul that, you know, she has a soul in there and they are fighting against a guy, but at the same time, they're trying to do their own shit, like regardless right. of him being there. Like he's just kind of, there getting in the way. Gotcha. So I think okay. in that way it passes. And I think I understand those people. It's just that I think that they were cooler than any of the other characters and I wanted them to have more, more. time. Like if they said a sentence that made it poignant of like where they stood in the world instead of just being more, more body language, uh, a lot of yeah, it is okay. just people kind of making faces at each other. Mm, mm, <laughs> I feel this. I think this. Mm. I'm okay with you. You're a nice guy, but I don't like this guy and I'm going to kill him. You know, it's just like you get it more from the visual than you get through the aggressive words that come out of people's mouths like gotcha the guy so so i don't know i think i'm way too passionate about this issue on something (laughs) that everyone else is like yeah it talks about smashing the patriarchy and da 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 and i'm like yeah but they didn't really characterize this person (laughs) right so i don't know because like the last in in October, I watched so much sexploitative like nineteen seventies vampire movies, and I had no problem with that really. <laughs> so it's not that I don't have a, that I have a problem with exploitative stuff. It's when you're trying to make a message, and then you right. do exploitative things, and you're not really 
bridging a gap between the two. You're not ascending the exploitation. You're 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 not using it properly. Yeah, um, it just was yeah. there was a bit of a gap there for me. Yeah. It was like, so are they is this exploitative or are you trying to do a message? Like I'm right. I'm getting mixed messages by how this is being portrayed. And that's that's what I the conflict of interest was with me. You know, from the trailers, I never would have guessed that there would have been in any discussion about the patriarchy. So that's fascinating. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, women against men. There's clearly men. They they run the spaceship. Some peep, some of the guys are really bad to the spaceship and some of the guys are nice to the spaceship. And then there's like the big boss man that's trying to figure out what are you guys doing with these ships? And so it's all men that are going towards these ships and either trying to hurt them or trying mm-hmm. to use them in some way. And all the ships are women. And all gotcha. the people who are protecting the women are women. So mm. men are from Mars and women are from Venus. You know, <laughs> And women are spaceships. <laughs> Man, I wish I was a spaceship. Can I ascend Yay. to being a spaceship now? <laughs> if you could be any spaceship in the world or space, what spaceship would you be? I don't know. Yeah. If it was literal, it'd be a David Cronenberg spaceship, and that'd be disgusting. Yeah. But be... that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, you can I mean, pilot my guts anytime. <laughs> o- overall, like, if, if they made blood machines into, like, a European comic, like Meta Barons or Incal or something like that, I think it'd be cool as fuck, because it's, like, a mm-hmm. cool cosmic space opera. It's got some interesting concepts it could play with. It could still be kind of mysterious and not give you much to go with and be a visual journey and you know or if Seth Eggerman decides to make more stuff in this kind of universe or yeah something cosmic opera i think there's i think there's room to grow and really flush out stuff like like with Panos and his movies i feel like from beyond to Mandy these made such a such an ele- he's elevated himself in such a way though it's more narrative Mandy but i feel like it just worked so well. So it's like Seth Ackerman's next project I'd want to check out. So like, what are you yeah. up to, dude? Like, what are you doing? So what What you got? What you got? You what got you more got? naked ladies with crosses on their hoo-hahs? Mm-hmm. I want to know about them. <laughs> <laughs> now I really want to know. Now I really want to know. Let's see. Um. Oh, so I so I was asking you, and I couldn't quite remember if we had already talked about this, and it seems like we didn't. But if we did, apologies to people. I don't think I will. I talked about it to the length I'm about to talk about it, which is uh, I read a online uh comic called Magical Boy, and I absolutely loved it. Um, it is the story of a trans man. Um going through high school and they're dealing with a lot of the issues. Well, first they're going through like the usual teenage shit. And then they throw on top of that, like they're trying to figure out how to come out to their parents and they're trying to deal with the other students at school who are misgendering them and being generally ignorant and assholes throw on top of all of that. He finds out that his bloodline is part of a bloodline of magical girls, Sailor Moons. And <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And his mother's like has always been super excited about this. She gets to pass it on, but like she is determined that her 
her child is a girl and like has to be ladylike and has to do this to save the world. And uh, so Max, the the main character, is now now they have to deal with their mother being just completely unsupportive of their transition. So the the whole story is fantastically characterized like you're talking about just wanting a good characterization yeah this this my my belief is good world building that supports better characterization and the characterization will frame and put context into the world building and this does that perfectly because max has best friend jen i think was her name uh she's a lesbian and she's very supportive. She's great. Like in the early chapters, she gives Max his first uh, binder. One of the other characters is one of the bullies who is the daughter of the local pastor. And she views, you know, them as sinners and in the wrong. And she's always misgendering Max. Um, that character gets an interesting arc. They, they meet a guy, I think his name was Sean. It's been, it's been a little while, since, uh, a week or two since I've read this now. Um, he is like the, the local tough guy, you Ooh, know, the troublemaker. And, uh, they, they catch him coming out of like a, basically a Sailor Moon store and he loves cute things. Aww. And, He's great. I love a rough boy with a soft side. Yeah, he's a rough boy with a soft side. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just a, a bunch of great characters. Oh, the the cat of the family. His name's Walnut. The big fat cat uh, turns out to be like the hidden guardian um, who doesn't agree with the way Max is doing things. And so yeah, Max at one point turns into does the whole magical girl transformation and gets the super frilly dress. And Max is like, "What the fuck." <laughs> best facial expressions <laughs> i absolutely love all the facial expressions in this series the cool thing they do is every time max transforms the costume starts to change a little bit and as max begins to embrace more of uh his, his masculinity that he's trying to to achieve then the, the costume will kind of update a little bit more so there's a point mm. where uh Max is still dealing with some depressing stuff. Um, a bunch of the kids at the park that he saved uh, misgendered him. And so he's he's having a tough time. He's texting his friend Jen and he's like, well, but good news. And he took he shows her a photo of uh, his the new magical sneakers. And she's like, what are those? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a very heartwarming story. It, it does deal with a lot of potentially triggering issues which is something i appreciate every chapter opens with like hey this 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 deals with some hard stuff you know as as we're dealing with people who are coming to terms and changing and and all that uh, one of the things i love the most is that max's father is completely supportive <laughs> uh like there's a great scene where he's reading a bunch of like how-to books about you know figuring out how to approach your children if they come out as transgender and one of them is just like deal with it <laughs> just that's the title of the book <laughs> um so that's pretty great there's a boy at school that max has a huge crush on 
And the boy is very supportive and like immediately uses uh, he, he, him pronouns. And Max has like this, like their, their eyes are full, full of hearts. And he's like, <laughs> he recognizes me as a boy, you know? Yeah. There's, there's a part where the, the rough boy uh, before they get to know him, like kind of threatens Max. He's like, Hey, get off my case, dude. Jen is just like, what's his problem? And Max turns around and he's got like hopeful eyes and he's like, <gasps> He called me dude and he threatened to fight me. <laughs> so yeah. Progress. I, <laughs> yeah, I and every one of those characters gets their own unique art uh, arc. Um uh Sean the the rough boy gets an interesting one having nice. to do with his father. Um Jen Jen gets one that's kind of connected to the pastor's daughter. Pastor's daughter gets a nice little bit. The mother gets an interesting arc where like she she finally starts to figure out stuff, but it's hard. It takes a while. Um, so and and even even the cat Walnut gets a gets a bit of an arc, and even nice. the bad guy uh, whose name I forgot completely, but it's a cool design. So the series is not over yet. It is free for now. It's free until it is over. Um, I feel like we're kind of on like the end game path of the series. Uh, so I do highly recommend checking that out. It's on Tapas, Tapas, mm-hmm. I believe. If you keep an eye out on my website, there's a link because I review it there. And, uh, if you just need more content that is heartwarming and deals with empathy and understanding other people, mm-hmm. That's it, it hit the spot. I started reading it uh, around November 2nd, first or second. So like heading right into the election fever. And it's just kind of like, OK, something something that actually gives you some hope for humanity. It's kind of nice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've you know, it's funny you say that because uh, I'm just heading into November as a cyberpunk and crime noir month of like movie viewing so it's probably the worst time to be doing that because we are at the (laughs) beginning stages of our cyberpunk future so not a great idea the um the rough boy reminded me that so i loved the craft when i was in middle school that's when it came out it hit me really hard fruza bulk was a huge crush of mine at the time yeah. And my friend and I got really into it. And I don't know if the movie sparked it or if we were already into it, but we we did we did get into like Wicca and stuff like that at that time. And I had dabbled in that probably until like my early 20s. And then I just realized I don't really believe in God or goddesses. So it's kind of a little moot, but I do like the ritual of it. And um, anyway, so it has a, a huge place in my heart, and mm-hmm. Bloomhouse was recently going to release, well, they did release The Craft Legacy, which was supposed to be a sequel, but also a soft reboot or something, something. I heard about this. Yeah, and I, wa- I was trying to find the review that I watched, which was really great and thorough by a woman. I like watching her reviews, but I can't, f- I can't find it. It's buried in my YouTube feed right now. So maybe if I do find it, I'll send you the link so we can put Put it in the show notes or something. I didn't watch the movie, but I watched a lot of reviews. I watched Chris Stuckman and this woman that I can't remember right now. And they were both like, eh, eh. Yeah. And yeah. from everything I saw, I don't actually want to watch it. 
uh, looks really, really bad. But the thing that I want to note, and I wish they had done something more with this, is the guy who is like the antagonist in the high school who's supposed to be bullying the girls is, uh, turns out that he's bisexual and he was hooking up with the main character's stepbrother, which Mm. I'm like, tell me more about this. Because you sure. don't see this in a in a bit, you know, and I if it was like if it was done better, we could have gotten more, you know, again characterization and and flushing out of these these interesting characters, and it just makes me think of like I just like rough boys that have the soft side, the rough yeah. boys with the soft heart. I just yes. love that that idea because it's like the hard masculine with like a light femininity, and I mm-hmm. just think it's a beautiful thing. And the craft was the vehicle in which for me to say that very short sentence. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. But uh, there is there is a a cameo of an original person in the movie. Like it's like, was this supposed to be a sequel or is it a soft reboot? Because it seems like you you did the soft reboot and then you put in like a ah but it's a sequel and you're like uh no that's or, or not it could how that just works. be a tip of the hat like well you know this person you know they did yeah. except they tied it into the main character so it's like uh, it's specifically the original craft happened and this craft happened gotcha a lot of craft happened okay, a lot yeah, of craft it. macaroni and cheese it's not good gotcha. but it is cheap yeah, okay so, uh, if we want to talk abort, abort, uh, more <laughs> abort about more heartwarming things, uh, I almost forgot about this completely. So, I sent you a picture, and NECA is releasing a two-pack <laughs> toy set of Toka and Razor, Razor <laughs> of the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, The Secret of the Ooze. And um, your exact quote, though, was really delightful. What was it? What did you say? You were like, (laughs) gasp, my babies, (laughs) my babies. So I I've always had a soft spot for those two. Not that movie, but just those two in the movie. Yeah, that movie's not good. Because I don't know if you recall, but what I love about them so much is that Shredder had them formed out of the mutagen. And it's a snapper turtle and like a baby wolf. And they turn into these huge monsters, which look fucking amazing because uh, I think that was uh, the Henson company Ah. did all the Yeah, they look great. I love them. And they show up and they're all threatening looking. He's like, yes, yes. And then they start. He's like, call me master or something like that. (laughs) And they're like, meh, meh, mama. (laughs) And both of them are like, mama. And they like go the hug shredder. And he's like, and so like, he's immediately like, kill them, get rid of them, which is like, why would you make them if they were that easy to kill in the first place? But whatever. And, uh, but then they like, they impress him with their strength. And, and there's some, I can't remember if he figures it out on his own or one of his henchmen, but they're like, you could manipulate them. Just be their mama. Well, yeah. You know? if, yeah. If anything, you'd go, oh, okay, this is working perfectly. They've imprinted on me. I'm really, yes. I'm the most important thing to them. Yes. Yes. They yeah. will protect me no matter what. Come on. Be a better them. villain, Shredder. Seriously. <laughs> Movie Shredder was pretty weak. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I've always loved Toka and Razar specifically, but I have a very soft spot for this one particular niche trope, which is uh, <laughs> the villains or the monsters imprinting in an oddly familial way. 
And one of the other examples of that is in Transformers Beast Wars. Uh, Megatron is a big purple T-Rex. And at one point, they, uh, the the way they got more troops throughout the series because it's like the old transformers uh method of like you only got like 10 guys on each side but every other episode every side gets a new guy you know to even the numbers so at some point the predacons opened up like a uh there were a bunch of crashed like life support pods and the creatures the 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 transformers inside hadn't matured yet hadn't found a form or chosen aside they had to be like imprinted and so they opened one up that was supposed to be for the good guys and it imprints on like fire ant and it's kind of got messed up in the crash so it views megatron as its queen and it's loves megatron like a queen and always calls megatron yes my queen or you know miss my royalty <laughs> and megatron's like don't no don't but but megatron uh, should step into the role as a queen though let's be real oh he should he should this <laughs> specifically this one yes yeah. with, with all the purple dinosaur yes um but uh yeah <laughs> and, and what's great is inferno is the fire ant uh is actually like horribly violent and effective and powerful so megatron is like oh okay cool yeah don't call me queen but yeah go kill those people and <laughs> inferno would be like yes my queen and just run off and it's just like Ugh. so i just i love that weird little niche i i it, it's even better if the master or the the boss actually does become motherly or fatherly and like has a genuine sense of love for them like i mentioned uh mega and giga from the the japanese transformers they become the mommy and daddy to the rowdy boys you know <laughs> and it's just kind of like more of this more wholesome families that want to conquer and destroy that's true i yeah. also want like people to step out of maybe um their gender identifier for the for the sake of t stepping into the power of a like an alter ego like a drag queen you know what i mean it's yes. like i don't stop being a woman if i call myself a tough guy because i'm doing push-ups and i'm getting some guns because i do oh, call yeah. myself a tough boy <laughs> i was gonna have to uh uh give see if you had a permit for those guns <laughs> Yeah. What's great is my husband has crazy guns and he doesn't like work out at all. And I'm like, why? Why don't why do I look like an exploded can of biscuits up here and have to work at it? <laughs> He's just naturally a lethal weapon. He you is. have to accept that. He is. Yeah. And I, I think he he was he brought me to the gun show uh, multiple nights. And I'm like, Jesus, how do you I'm trying every night, man. And you just got this gun show ready to go on mm -hmm. demand. Mm -hmm. I got really sidetracked by my husband's guns. <laughs> okay, okay so Megatron stepping into being a queen. It's like yes. kind of the drag queen or the villainous queen that we see like Snoke with his with his golden robe, oh, his yeah. flamboyancy, yeah. you know, flamboyancy. He can float. <laughs> that was that's still the worst crime was was Snoke's undoing because that that guy yeah. needed a few I don't know, an entire movie just to himself where he was, I don't know. Just doing the like Liberace Tim Curry. of the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He needed to do the Tim Curry Rocky Horror thing and just be like anticipation. Yes. 
Yeah, know. I just, you know, it's like an alter ego, like like Megatron being so f- flamboyant or so over the top or so dramatic. It's like, it doesn't emasculate you to be a queen. Oh, no. You just are a queen. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to change that change that linguistically, you know, where we think that saying that you're, you scream like a girl is like a bad thing. It's like, you know, that's that type of thing. Although, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's face it, some people do scream like a girl. <laughs> I just watched Scream Queen, which is about the Freddy Krueger, the second Freddy Krueger and Mark Patton and how his um, career got destroyed because it was labeled a gay film. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it was really interesting. It's on Shudder, too. Uh, but anyway, you know, they call him a scream queen and he's just like, yeah, I'm a scream queen. I get it. <laughs> you can call me a scream queen. I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were see, you this is why, oh, I was just going to say, I mean, this is why I love supervillains so much because they're generally more given to embracing that dramatic theatrical element. Right. And uh, just just really projecting that queen, that Yas queen. That Yas ability. queen energy. Yeah. Yes. Maybe mm. it's more of an energy than like a gender thing because I think yeah. it just transcends. It's more of like a, you get the feeling of this person's dramatic flair and you like it. Yeah. You like the cut of their jib, yeah. you know? Well, this is why I still dream that because Disney owns Marvel, that they'll create a sub brand where we get to basically get Disney fied cartoons featuring Marvel characters and we get to see marvel villains singing all the time like i want to see thanos sing his heart's content to 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 sing to his heart's content and about how he needs to balance the world you know and uh (laughs) stilt man stilt man really needs to tell us how he feels because all the Disney villains are way more interesting than the princesses, mm-hmm. and deserve all their own movies, especially Ursula. And well, again, they have more personality. Like if yeah, you look exactly. at Sleeping Beauty, Aurora is like a hollow shell. She just is like cute boy, go in that direction. While like Maleficent I... is just, she's got it all. She's got it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's all that. That nineties mm-hmm. movie. Where a hot girl <laughs> became a hot girl. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. A hot girl became a hotter girl. Yes. She took she took her glasses off. <laughs> oh shit, that's hot. Oh shit. <laughs> um, don't 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 shame bad vision. <laughs> no, I'm saying she could keep them glasses on and she's yeah. hot as hell. I think Maleficent might be a bit hotter with glasses on. Maybe. She gets some yeah. cat eyes, you know? Yeah. She's got that angular face. And if she if she is a dragon with the glasses on, game Oh, even over. better. Game over, man. Oh. No contest. No contest. Hands down. <laughs> <laughs> if she has a number with Doctor Doom, I mean, come on. That's just going to be the best. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, they I made- dream... I dream of that Doctor Doom uh, song at the. That's the climax of the movie. Absolutely, we're yeah, all it's, waiting it's, for it. It's not the hero song. It's the Doctor Doom song about how he is the hero, mm-hmm. and Richards can suck it, <laughs> suck it long and suck it hard, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, the day we get some Doom stuff again on on the screens, that oh, would be yeah, a good yeah. time. We're all waiting so for good. it. <laughs> this damn pandemic is just getting in the way of all of our Marvel oh, viewing. Did you, Doom? by chance, see anything with the Modoc uh, series that's coming out? Have you watched anything on that? No, I didn't know it was out yet. It's not out yet, but they're talking about it. They did oh, yeah, like a yeah. you know pa- like an S- SDCC, but not panel thing and they showed some clips did you see any of that did not see any of that Mm -mm. so in concept it sounds like it would be a good idea for the two of us like it's like our fan fiction it's modok but slice of life modok like right aim isn't working and he's really frustrated and he's got a family and he's got a wife and two kids and one's a like a little modok and she's kind of evil and the other one is is like i don't know weird or something and I don't know. It's like it should work, but it kind of, I don't know. It feels a little weird to me. Is it feeling like it's trying too hard or is it too late because Harley Quinn may have beaten it to it? It feels like it feels like it's trying too hard, which is weird because I don't think Mike, Mike Patton. What? I think I had a dream about Mike Patton. I think that's why that came up. Okay. Uh, he was at like a middle school reunion I was at and he was oh. giving out grab bags that had like a piece of carrot, a broken crayon, and a crocheted pear. And it was like, raise your hand if you're bold. And then you were like, I'm bold. And then he would give you a bag and it would just have this like shit in it. And it was all the same and had nothing to do with anything. It's like, raise your hand if you're friendly. And it was like, (laughs) you get a piece of apple and a marble. And it was like, what? I don't know what my brain's doing. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing is like it's trying it's like being so sitcommy that it's and also oh. um Patton Oswald is doing the voice of Modoc and I don't like that that much. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't quite match what yeah. what you want. Gotcha. But this the stop animation stuff is so good. It oh, is good. so good. And I even saw some of the background or the behind the scenes stuff where they're making like little little costumes. Little fabric <laughs> costumes. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, I know we came up with our Modoc aim demon limbo thing, like, uh, one of the last episodes. So it's like, yeah. it seems like Modoc- it should be our jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's just something off about it. I guess it's like they went so off the rails in their own fan fiction, and it's like you have to either ride that train all the way to the end, or you have to mm. just find a new train. Which is something I can respect. I mean, that's what we kind of kind of do. That's sometimes. what we do, but nobody pays yeah. us to do it. <laughs> Point. Yeah, nobody pays us, and nobody pays us attention. Yeah. So yeah, okay, yeah. Nobody's got it, got listening. It. It's fine. <laughs> hmm. So I don't know. I'll have to give it a sh- you know I'll have to give it a shot and check it out. But William and I are both a little like. Eh. Right. And yeah. also, are they like, you know, Modoc is a. a uh, an or an organism designed for killing, right? So like, yeah, a mechanical organism. Anyway, right? Isn't that right? M- mental or mental mechanical. organism. Thank you. I always or mechanical. I've... It changes all the time. But let's let's just try to be as legit as possible because that one person will listen to us and go, "Oh, actually, well, Nicole doesn't know what she's talking about." Uh, yes, this is true. Oh, you I've know proven exactly this time and time about. again. It's fine. Anyway. Uh, the internet is not forgiving. So uh, I would like to see a little bit more like toughness, you know. And right now, I only see him kind of being a little, uh, little like wimpy. 
Gotcha. But at the same time, that Secret Avengers that Nick Spencer, I think, did a while ago yeah. made him like mm. really wacky and silly. And he was like in love with Maria Hill. And There's a lot of wacky versions of him. So that's, There's quite a few. Of them. Yeah. So it's um, like, it could be fine. It could just well, be see, the bits I'm seeing is kind of meh. Modok suffers from the same problem that Starro the Conqueror and Fin Fang Foom do, which is uh, everybody keeps bringing their own version of him to the table. Ah. And so to explain that, they always explain, oh, it's 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 a designation of an entity. Like Starro has so many parts to Starro that one can splinter off and get its own personality. Fin, there's more, there's been more than one Fin Fang Foom. There's been more than one Modok because he's technically a machine. Mm -hmm. And I kind of go up and down with that. It's like, I guess it makes sense. But what happens is we get an amazing version, like the Jeff Parker Modok that popped up during the, the run of, uh, Red Hulk and Red She-Hulk. And God, I love that version so much. I need to read that series. William has it, of course, because he's a whole fan. Uh, but but I mean, it's Jeff and Parker's. it's Jeff Parker. Yeah, he's mm, just chef's so, kiss. Oof, it's so great. Um, I mean, there's a great part where he, uh, I think it was it was during one of the other events, and he saves a bunch of like civilians, not quite on purpose. He <laughs> he kills some like lackeys or henchmen. And there's a scream off panel and you can't, you know, you're reading it and you don't could, uh, you don't know what it sounds like, but there's a part where Modok is just like, yes, and a Wilhelm scream. And it's just like, oh, this is so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. There was another version where it was like Ocean's Eleven. And at the end, he like found the way to kill his ex-girlfriend. And he's like, uh, he's, he's talking to all the different uh, AIM troops, like giving a speech. And he's just like yes for aim for me for killing my ex-girlfriend <laughs> it's like yes see i think I, I think i realize what it is now i don't like the family aspect to modok i don't care what his wife is doing or his kids but if modok in this show i'm pretty sure they're gonna bring some like they're gonna scrape some some villainous people up and we're gonna get some cameos that we wouldn't normally see so there might oh, yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. some of that saving stuff you know Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just don't think I like the family aspect. Maybe if it was him and his daughter and they were both villainous and they're trying to figure stuff out and hijinks ensue. But right. I don't know. It's like Transformers. I don't want humans with my Transformers. I just want to see robots. Yeah. Sexy, sexy robots. Sexy, yeah. sexy robots. Mm -hmm. With the mm -hmm. kibble in the back. Uh, uh, Ooh. Uh, mm. <laughs> Give me that kibble. Give me that yeah. tasty kibble. What? Tasty kibble. <laughs> Kibbles and bits. <laughs> kibbles and butts. <laughs> Ooh, kibbles and butts. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> and with that, we devolve. Oh, and... the dick thing yes. that I was going to mention. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The In Blood Machines, there was a point where they stripped down the asshole guy. And they do a long, like, they do, like, a, like a, a long shot where it's, like, you could just see him, but he's, like, little. And he's been stripped down. Is that what that's called? Again, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, what I love, and the, and the listeners can't see this, is that you said long shot and you did the motion as in, like, I caught a fish this big, but we're talking about a guy's dick. So you're like, no, long shot. It should have been depth, not not width. <laughs> Sorry. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> and it was this big. No, with all the female nudity, I always like it if, if there is an opportunity that you balance it with male nudity. Yeah. Or at least not balance it, but that 
if there is a shot where someone is naked, then everybody's naked and that's it. We're not going to like try to just show a headshot when we know that they're like, na- you know, right? and they right. did that where it's like they could have had like Alan Moore's favorite thing, which is just a dick in a panel. <laughs> <laughs> so many dicks in a panel, you know, mm-hmm. where it just could have been him in a vulnerable state, you know, because nudity, it can be vulnerable, right? But it can also be exerting power, exerting power, like when Griffith is, you know, taking a bath and Guts shows up and he's naked and he doesn't give a fuck. And he's like, yeah, I'm right. naked. Now we're going to have a water fight, you know, <laughs> to me, it's a power move, you know, so it can yeah. it can show a lot of different things. But when you don't give that level of um, maybe even discomfort for the viewers, like. I didn't hear the end of it when I watched Watchmen with all my guy friends and they were like, oh, there's a dick in there. I'm like, you guys have all read Watchmen. Yes. You know Alan you Moore that, loves a you dick. Knew that, yep, you knew that Smurf dick was going to flop around. Yeah, that yeah. blue dick is going to be everywhere, y'all. Like, what mm-hmm. are you complaining about? But like, it's that thing where it's, I don't want to show a dick. Because this was not a rated movie. This seems like this was his vision. It wasn't like he had to maybe not show to genitals. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't. Maybe he couldn't. But still. I just felt it was a missed opportunity to be like, look, when people are naked, you see every crevice of them. I've seen every crevice of these 30 women. Every crevice. I get nothing with asshole man. Not one thing. Every crevasse. No crevasse to be seen. So that's another little gripe I have is like, how many gay men out there have had to suffer with female nudity in movies, you know? (laughs) <laughs> when when clearly there'll still be a naked guy and maybe you'll get like a butt shot maybe right. if you're lucky maybe maybe yeah chris evans will be the one to set us free from that yeah show me that okay no i'm not gonna say anything sorry <laughs> the internet doesn't uh, need to hear about my thirst yes what am i talking about that's this whole podcast that's this whole podcast jeez <laughs> It's just like so many people were talking about free the nip, you know, for women. I'm saying free the dick. Just free it. Pledge allegiance to that flag. Yeah, I mean, if... To that ass. (laughs) If if men are so obsessed with dick anyway, whether you're hetero or not, why not just show it? It's a power move. (laughs) Think of it as a power move. I'm just saying. (laughs) Rating system with you suburban housewives or whatever that aren't reading Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) Instead of instead of it saying uh, may contain nudity, it says may contain power move. May con- <laughs> and everybody's like, mm, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. May contain mm. a showing of my power. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just You so can't silly. contain my power. <laughs> Unlimited power. Especially when it can um when it can do something to sway the narrative or evoke something in in the the viewer yes sway was that it sway swaying your sway power the around narrative. <laughs> no, sway the narrative i that's that's a great way of saying it <clears throat> i don't know to me it's like you're showing this character they're in a vulnerable state or they're in a bad state and i think it's just it, if anything maybe it's shocking but i don't know you just saw 30 women naked writhing, writhing around i don't think anything's shocking anymore yeah it, it is super weird that you know if a whole movie has that much nudity and then there's like this guy that we're all like <gasps> <gasps> yeah I, you don't see him at all so i don't know should be it could have been an unconscious thing i just had a roman just get over your your fear of seeing a dick. I know Cassode has no problem seeing a dick, and he's a very straight, confident, hetero man, so. Mm-mm. 
just get over it. Just be be good like Casso. <laughs> be like Casso. Be like Casso. Hate everything. Just Love dogs. Take a good long hard <laughs> look at that dick. <laughs> I got nowhere else to go from that statement. I so. guess so. I don't know. I it's don't I guess know. it's hard to make to to put you on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can edit it out if you want. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, it's fine. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I just don't know where to go from there. I guess we, we should just close. We should just we, close it up now. We may have hit the climax at that point. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I yeah. If, look, I've had to spend my whole life looking at the objectification of women, whether it was titillating to me or obnoxious to me. I just want you all to fucking suffer with me. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to look at needless shots of women's breasts and I'm like not in the mood right now, why am I looking at boobs constantly? Is there actually a movie in here? You should also do the same, but with but with a yeah. dick. Oh yeah. No, no, totally fair. There's there's been so many times where I've watched a movie and it just it just lingers on some of that stuff and you're like, eh, eh. if I wanted to watch a porn, I'd fucking find a porn, you know. Right. It's not that difficult. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with modern technology. <laughs> so it's there's a part of me that's just kind of like, this seems just weird and uh, redundant's not the word but and i guess unnecessary is the word but there's another word that i want to use that i can't figure out to display my like why do i have to bother with this you know is it just like gratuitous or something i guess or... gratuitous it's like in watchmen we're gonna keep going to watchmen yeah where they have that uh sex scene in the oh, God. Uh, uh night owl and silk specter yeah and it's just like you could have started that and like about two seconds in i'd be like got it they're boning and but it keeps going and they have to play that song with it and you're like Ugh, this is tedious for so many reasons tedious it's tedious it's tedious didn't didn't they also do like one of those like pan shots where they like freeze frame and they like circle around or something or did i just make that up it's been a really well that's long definitely time. would be a Zack snyder move but i don't think they did but they did the thing where like their one of their elbows hits like a button and it shoots a flamethrower and it's like ho 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 you know it's just like God. Yeah, it was. It's it's Zack Snyder. It's 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 sophomoric, you know. Yeah. And so a lot of times that's what a lot of nudity, uh, in female nudity in movies feels like. They're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta tintillate with this, and you know, it's all male gaze, and it's just boring. Yeah, you know? and I I think context matters here because again, watching my like seventy lesbian whatever, it was all perverted european men who were making these movies but i've thoroughly enjoyed some of them some of them were also boring but that's more of the creation of the film as opposed to like the subject matter but in that context i'm like okay people are gonna bone people are gonna have sex scenes there's just gonna be like zooming in on some nipples like i know that's what this is the point of this is is like i'm telling a story with nudity so it doesn't get boring for me but if i'm watching a movie like something like blood machines where it's like these these beings are like nude that's how they are but then you then you don't go nude all the way or you know something like mm. that it's just so what are you do like what do you are we wait what are we doing are we, yeah i just need to know the context of which to watch this movie yeah, yeah are yeah. we sexploitive or we're not are you know is this artful is this titillating i, I don't mm. know 
I watched Afterlife with Christina Ricci, which I don't know if I mentioned on this podcast. Liam Neeson plays a mortuary guy who's like exasperated by the dead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She she's nude in like most of that movie. And at some point I was like, well, you know, she's a dead body. It makes sense. But then there were times where it was just like, we're just going to do shots of her naked, like this way and that way and this way and that way and that way and this way. And I'm just sort of like, all right, I'm getting... I'm getting a little tired and I'm feeling really bad for her. Like that girl's got to be cold this whole movie, you know, like it's kind of taken me out of it to just be like, all right, you could have just, you could have just done like a headshot of, of her like talking. I didn't need to see like, I didn't need to see her breasts in the scene too. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it was just a little like, okay. (laughs) Okay. I've been doing this for about a full hour. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, it's like my anti-smut raid today. That's okay. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, how do you feel? Do you think we we ranted enough about that? I yes, too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I like me a good rant. So yes. Well, uh, if that is the case, then let me just do a quick plug. You can find my uh, website at trustyhenchman.com. You know, reviews of uh, comic books, movies, you know, general stuff, me ranting, me being mad at Robert Kirkman, stuff like that. Um, And then if you'd like to support me, you can uh, follow my Patreon for $3 a month. You get a weekly uh, newsletter and tons of other stuff as well. And um, yeah, that's where you can find me. So are we ready for an awkward goodbye? Yeah. Okay. Well then, GTFO. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm going to wanna... go eat some hummus now. Ooh. Mm. Hummus goodbye. Hummus goodbye. Pita hummus to goodbye. you. <laughs> pita to you. Good pita to you and a samosa to you too. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Bye. Damn. God, let's get the hell out of here. Get some idiot food. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs>